Welcome today to Politicking with New Shine. I am excited. I am very excited for today's not only guest, but today's specific episode as we're going to talk a little bit about mental health. Before we get into that, how are you doing today, Vanessa? I'm doing good. You doing I'm good? I'm feeling good. You yeah. feeling good? This um, this is like the craziest summer I've ever experienced in my whole entire adulthood. And yeah, how's the summer yeah. treating you so far? It's good. You know what? I'm actually glad that the fireworks have stopped because that has <laughs> been with everything that's been happening. I think that was like the 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 thing that was driving me the most insane. Uh, the fireworks. The fireworks. Uh, and what city do you live in? I'm in Dorchester, so Dorchester? I'm right off of like Bowdoin. Oh, oh, yeah, you had a bad So there's wars between, like, yeah. my street, the street after, yeah, yeah. people driving, and then letting off fireworks, and then driving off, and you're like, what was that? Oh, it, it, it's crazy. <laughs> I, I'm in Hyde Park, so all the fireworks we were experiencing, and it was, what I hate about the fireworks, is yeah. like the little pap-paps. Right? The little ones, yeah. yeah. Like, why? It doesn't get even the, do anything. Come on, get the expensive ones. <laughs> At least let me hear the flares and all that. If you're going to do it, do it yeah, big. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that, that part was frustrating, so... I mean, other than, I mean, we're living in, in, in crazy times right now, um, you know, and I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about that, but Absolutely. my summer's been, been good so far. Your summer's been good so yeah, far? Yeah, yeah. Okay. How you summer <clears throat> been? How you doing? Thumbs up? Hey, man, this summer, you know what's crazy for me? Yeah. I didn't even realize it's July. Oh, it snuck up on you? Yeah, like we're <laughs> in the middle of July right now, and that, yeah. that part's just throwing me off, but... That's all right. That's all right. That's yeah. all right. I think that could lead to some version of seasonal depression when, when all of a sudden we start seeing oh, snowflakes no, yeah. in the matter of like 90 days or something like that. I think a lot of people might be crying, realizing <laughs> that this year just quickly passed them by yeah. and they had no version of summer, didn't get a chance to have some type of outlet, release. All I think that. honestly, yeah. most of us are hoping this year goes by so quickly. Yeah. Seriously? Like, it's been so crazy, man. Man, that, well, that's exactly why we're going to get into today's episode. But prior to that, prior to us getting into today's did episode. Did you know? Thank you. Let's <laughs> jump into the did you know. Did you know? No. Did you know? All Go right. ahead. Talk to so, us, man. Uh, for this week's did you know, I want to definitely highlight you know, some of this um, mental health stigmas, right? Okay. So, uh, number one, did you know depression is the leading cause of dis disability worldwide? The leading cause of disability? Oh, wow. This crazy. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. This crazy. Like, she's like, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, nah, I didn't know she's that. She's like, mm-hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. That's why yeah. my job is important. <laughs> <laughs> what else? What else? I'll give you another one. Let's get, like, specifically to our demographic and our community. Talk to us. According to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office of Minority Health, adult Black African Americans are 20% more likely to report serious psychological distress Woo! than adult whites. So you said 20% more likely? 20% more likely. Yeah, yeah. Which is 
it's like crazy because there's a whole stigma that, you know, yeah. our community is not recognizing their mental health issues. But here's where it becomes ironic. Although we are 20% more likely, yeah. um, we are less likely than whites to seek out treatment. Yeah. yeah. And more likely to end treatment prematurely. Yeah. yeah. It gets too deep. So it's yeah. like... Yeah. Yeah. It's like we get we get in our feelings. We're like, damn, I'm I'm really crazy right now. Like I'm and let's not use the word crazy, right? I'm going through some issues mm-hmm. and yeah. I need some help. Yeah. And then right when we get the help, it's like, all right. Uh, I'm I'm good. I'm, I'm good. good now. Yeah. So uh, that, maybe I don't need this. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Feeling about it's getting this. too serious. It's getting yeah. Too, and that makes a lot of sense because if you think about it, if you are if you're dealing with a culture. It's literally a culture who have mental health issues, yeah. But also, the culture doesn't recognize mental health issues. And we're Haitian. We talk on the side all the time. Yeah, we're Haitian. I know a lot of people that should have got therapy at the age of seven and eight. Yeah, (laughs) seven and eight years old, ten years old. Some generational traumas that was passed down to them, and unfortunately, they don't even want to recognize that. that. They recognize as voodoo, voodoo magie. Yeah, Yeah, magie. magie. You like that's what they would say. Like crazy, it's crazy. You know. And um, let's give you another one, and then mm-hmm. I'll let you guys take it off. Um, mental, mental illness, specifically to the point, yep. can affect any race, any gender, any income. It's the cooties. Everyone any, catches it. Anyone yep. can get it. A, melted, a mental illness is a mental condition that disrupts a person's thinking, uh. feeling, mood, an ability to relate to others okay. in daily functioning. Crazy. So if someone is calling you boss or CEO and saying, I need a mental day, yeah. take it serious. Like this is some serious things that's going on and this is um, important that we actually address it. So yeah, I, I really love the fact that we're doing this episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> so before we jump into today's claim, let me go ahead and give the proper bio and introduction to today's guest, Vanessa Santos, right? Yep, yeah. Of course. I, I want to make sure I say it with the proper accent. Santos. Santos. Uh, See, I, I said it with the Haitian Criolo, accent. Santos. Yeah, it's, it's the Criolo accent, so Santos. Santos. Yeah. Okay. Santos. Santos. <laughs> I hope the camera catches your face saying that. Santos. <laughs> right? All right. Vanessa Santos is a black cable... Vi- um, <laughs> I swear to you, I promise cable, you. What, which I, cable network? No, 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 Hold on, let me run. I'm going to run it back. I'm going to run it back, but everyone knows me and English are not the best friends right now. <laughs> I messed up. Too many to the professional speaker. This is the professional speaker telling you that his Man, English is that bad. Hey, couldn't he whisper that to me, right? He's going to take it. <laughs> All right, we're going to run it back. Run it back. Take two. <clears throat> Vanessa Santos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a black... Cabo Verdian, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Native of Dorchester, who is a holistic psychotherapist of and wellness coach. I love that. Wellness coach and psychotherapist. It's crazy. Holistic and, is the, the thing that's, that's really that's the, Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's, that's the, the key word there. It's not the traditional BS that we're talking about. None of that <laughs> bullshit, right? Wow. <laughs> Vanessa founded Holistic U. Um, wow, I got to get this closer. Vanessa, Vanessa founded Holistic U in 2017. She did so after being in the field of wellness for over 10 years and noted a needed holistic base decolonize an anti-oppressive and culturally appropriate 
wellness services for black, indigenous, women, and women of color. So this is perfect. It's a mouthful, right? It's a mouthful. <laughs> it is. But like, but it's, it's this is perfect for us. Like, we just got the perfect, perfect person yes. to come on our sh- no, show, man. For like, today, yeah. And know what's so perfect about it is that if we think about it, the traditional mental health is not working for us. Yeah. The traditional education, as we spoke about earlier, the traditional methods, it's not working for people of color, people in our community. Especially indigenous people, man. Uh, so like it's the indigenous people that needs the help more than anything. Yeah. Right now. Like, yeah. I love it. I love Beautiful it. Hold guys. up. Hold up. She got a little bit more. Let me. <laughs> let me, let me Should read. I have sent a condensed version? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I, I want to get to this part. In 2020, Vanessa transitioned to the private practice in Roxbury into a wellness center to provide additional offerings and serve more members of her community. Vanessa provides mental health counseling, integrative wellness coaching, and Reiki energy healing. Can we give it up to today's guest? Let's mm-hmm. get a clap for her. I'm excited. Oh, she's a clap for So, can you tell us what brought you into this field? What brought you into this space? Uh, my own experiences. I mean, mm-hmm. I think if we're going to speak honestly and candidly, and, and I'm, I'm transparent. My okay. story is what got me here. Um, you know, I grew up in Dorchester. I grew up on Norton, which is right off of Bowdoin. Yeah. Um, and growing up in that area during that time, I was, it may not look like it right now, but I was a huge tomboy. So I was always hanging out with the guys. I was always on the block. I was on, always on the stoop with them. Um, one too many gunshots. One too many friends you know, dying on the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, it was my own trauma, losing my mother at 10 years old. Mm. Um, my father haven't been in my life, in my early life, meeting him the day that my mother passed away. Oh, wow. Um, That's a story. But then developing a, a, a closer relationship with him. Um, my own history, you know, and other things. And if we get there, I'll share it. But if right mm-hmm. now, I'll, I'll hold that. I'll hold that. How has, which I think is important. So if you don't mind me asking, your parents, mm-hmm. Your first generation? Yeah, first generation born in, in the U.S. Okay. Yeah. First generation. I'm first generation as well. I know we all, I think yeah. we all yeah. are first generation yeah. in this room, right? I feel like the level of pressures and traumas and issues and obstacles that a first generation black and brown, black and brown person faces in America is completely different. And no one really speaks to that level of pressure. Yeah. Right? Yeah, be- yeah, yeah. Because if you think about it, the, you're, you have your parents who's bringing in their culture, their traditions, their morals to America, and they're trying to pass that down to you while you grow up. Yeah. And you're trying to fit into the American culture a little bit. You're still trying to fit into your culture. You're straddling both. You're straddling, you're straddling both. Bo- yeah. You get the worst and the best of their culture. Right, yeah. While you get the worst and the best of your culture. So it's like both being poured onto you. Did that affect you anyway? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know if this, if you guys had that experience, but I was the um, translator. I was the one who was going <laughs> with my family. And at that point, it was my, you know, my grandparents, my aunt and uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, going with them to appointments and having to translate for them. And then there's also certain cultural norms. You know, I was expected yeah. to learn to cook really early on. I was yeah. expected to learn, you know, to clean the house. I had a lot of domestic duties. Yeah. And at the same time, balancing that with, you know, being school aged and doing homework and coming home and them saying education is really important. Yep. Yep. But you're not sitting down with me to do this homework. Exactly. You're not 
Um, you're not showing up at these meetings. You're not coming to different things. So it, it was tricky. It, it is tricky. And I just realized, and this is such a great transition. I, I'm like so excited to get yeah, to the yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah. I'd even go into today's claim because I thoroughly believe we are romanticizing mental health and mental health issues in black and brown communities. And it's stopping us from getting to the root cause of what we need to heal and what we need to fix. Woo! That was a mouthful. I'm excited. But it's the real. That's the real. Uh, uh, if there was like a mic drop. I like that. Yo, like man, that. we gotta edit them in. We gotta oh. edit them in. <laughs> we working, we working, we working. <laughs> but but um I wanna run it back though, because I really think it's huge right there. So you're talking about so many different issues when it comes into men- mental health, mental health illnesses, things to that capacity we first brought up the issues in regards to cultures and being first gen. But then you mentioned something that's very interesting and fascinating to me and something none of us in this room could relate to is being a woman. Mm, and mm-hmm. I know how you specialize and you prioritize working with women. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about your work and your field or better yet, some of the big issues that must might be misunderstood from women versus men? So I, I started working with women because I've, I've been doing this work for a number of years now. And so I've worked with men. I've worked with children. I've worked with families. I've worked with couples. um, I've done groups. And where I found that I thrived as a clinician Mm. um, and where I found that I can can come in and make really good difference was with women that I can relate to. So black, indigenous, you know, women who identify as women of color. We are at the bottom of many major health outcomes. We are at the highest risk for diabetes, depression. Um, obesity, heart disease, hypertension, wow. and this is just with women. We are at the highest risk compared to all of our counterparts and men as well. And that is largely due to our diet and lifestyle habits. And so it's that strong, strong black woman syndrome, right? It's yep. that superwoman schema that you guys, I mean, you can speak to that. I'm not a man. I can't, yeah. I can't speak to that experience. Yep. Um, but that, that puts a lot of pressure on us, and especially as women of color, that puts a lot of pressure on us. And because I can relate to that, this is the population that I love serving. I won't say that it's, it's worse than men. I don't think that I can make that claim, and I don't think it's fair to also. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's some differences. There's some nuances that I can, I can speak to that I can't speak, speak to, to as with man. you. you okay. know? Now, I, I like that. So even with that being said, so you broke off and went the holistic route instead of the traditional way. What right. led you on that journey? Do you feel like... Do you feel like I won't say my opinion yet. Yeah. Do you feel like the traditional ways are failing black and brown communities in terms of mental health? I mean, I do have that background of traditional psychotherapy training. Like, mm-hmm. that's there. I, I build upon that. Okay. I will say that it's also limited in my work with brown and black communities. How? Freud wasn't thinking about us when he wrote those theories. Like, mm. it, you know, like, we weren't even, for a really long time, if you think about it, even when we, uh, when enslaved folks gained their, their their freedom, they were still told you have no reason to ever be mentally ill. You don't own Crazy. property. You're not you're not really free. So what are you stressed out about? Mm-hmm. That's that's embedded in our DNA. That's still with us. And so if we think about it, all those those theories that came after Freud, all of those theorists and 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 um, psychologists and they weren't really working with our people, yep. really, right? When they yep. was developing these theories. And so it's going back and looking at it and saying, while I gained that traditional training in my master's program, I went back and I looked at some of that stuff and I said, what would this look like if I applied it with my population? 
What would I need to tweak? What would I, I need it. to do different? I love it. it. Looking at it and saying, like, how much of this was colonized? Yep. Like, how much of this was stolen from my people, from my ancestors? And saying, what did they do for healing? Because it didn't look like one-on-one therapy like this. Mm-hmm. It looked like villages and community and collectives coming together. So how much of that can I bring into my work? I like that. So with that being said, what are some of the methods you use in regards to therapy? I mean, obviously, I can imagine it's personalized. I come from more of the coaching aspect. I'm just so curious to hear what are some of the methods that you use, uh, holistic methods that you use in regards to assisting My work. My work. Yeah. 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 So uh, I will use um, different theories like... And I'm gonna toss some some stuff out there, and it yes. may or may not land. But <laughs> no, psychodynamic. I use cognitive behavioral therapy, dialectical behavioral therapy, narrative therapy. Narrative. Your story. So exactly what it is. Your story. And right? how, And the perception you have based off your story. Yeah. How do you how do you retell your story? How do you un- almost reframing? Yeah. Reframing of the mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. So, the, so those are just the psychotherapy. Those are just the the your traditional, right? Oh, shit. To make it holistic. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> so this is where um, I decided back in I want to say like 2012 when I was working at um, Upums. I was working at Upums Health Center, and I realized like, okay, I can't just be talking with people about like the mental health, the, like the yeah. the mind, you know, mind, just the mind stuff. Yeah. I need to be bringing in the body. So how do we work with the body? So that's bringing in somatic practices, which is working with the body and how the body feels. It means I'm looking at the way that the foods that you're eating. It means Uh, I'm looking at how you're moving your body. Okay. How you're managing stress, your self-care, the people around you, your relationships. So really your entire person. Okay. All right. All right. This is is good shit right here. This is good shit. I like it a lot. So do you think then with that being said, in terms of our story, in terms of the food we eat, could do you believe that there's a system out there that's literally targeting black and brown communities to to whether it's to monetize off of us or to break us down? Yeah, the diet industry for one. Yep, food right? industry, and I don't know if this is what. Yep, the food industry, the diet industry, um, mental health, and I'm I'm sure we're going to talk about this. Mental health and wellness has become such a saturated industry <laughs> say it again um it's also become it, when things become trends sometimes they get watered down right and so i feel like there are people out there who are presenting themselves as like this is wellness this is all about wellness and then you look yeah. a little bit deeper and you're like i, I don't know you that like yeah like this yep. is just a, this is just clickbait or yep. this is just um you know how are you really how are we really addressing these needs like it's beautiful it's great See, that we're talking about wellness, but really, how are we addressing it? Know what I like? I would love for you, for, based off your experience, because yeah. I do believe this field is getting super saturated. You put the word anxiety, it's clickbait. It's trendy. You put the word fear-based, depression, these words are very clickbaitish and trendy within our issues. Not necessarily saying that people are not facing them. Right. I'm saying in terms of people who are, quote-unquote, the experts in trying to provide solutions. Based off your experience, how could someone know the difference between someone who's an expert or non-expert in regards to things in, uh, to psychotherapy and th- um, therapists and wellness, things to that capacity? What should they be looking for if they're looking for an, uh, an expert to help them out? Yeah. So if you're looking for psychotherapy, because the other thing, too, is mental health likes to do this thing 
like it has a monopoly on healing. Mental health does not have a monopoly on healing in terms of psychotherapy, in terms of therapy. Yeah. Um, that's not the only avenue towards healing. There are other people out here. We talked about voodoo, right? But there are <laughs> spiritual advisors out here who may not necessarily have those credentials behind their names, who may not necessarily have gotten in, you know, a formal education, but they are experts in their own right in the work that they do. And so if that's what you're looking for, if that modality is what you're looking for, then go to that person. But if you're looking for more psychotherapy, then you want to talk to that person. You want to ask them, hey, what's your approach? What are your theories? What's your, yep. you know, like what, what's the kind of work that you do? And does that align with what you're looking for? Okay. 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 I like this so far. I like this. This is good. So just taking a couple steps back, because I know someone's going to be hitting me up and saying, what do you mean by romant we romanticize mental health? What do you mean by that? Are you sure you're being rude and all that shit? Let me just run it back. I thoroughly believe, this yeah. is my belief. Yep, yep. <laughs> I believe that a lot of organizations and companies have monetized mental health. Like just literally the biggest industry, biggest moneymaker is pharmaceutical, it's a pharmacy, right? And just based off my background, I used to work in health insurance, be in the pharmacy department. Mm, I just used yeah. to see how much money are, is being made off companies who will treat your symptoms and not your root cause. Absolutely. So they will go ahead and diagnose, they will diagnose your symptoms. Like, I, let, let, me give, let me give you a prime, prime, prime example. Let, let yep. me see how I can run it back. I used to, I went to, I used to go to therapy based off yep. certain childhood trauma, based off certain things that I used to go to. And why I stopped going to a therapist is because they would have me live in the past memories and past stories. And they would see me get so emotional. And because of their license, they couldn't necessarily provide solutions. They can only ask great thought-provoking questions. And because that particular therapist and I could not relate with each other, and they saw me in an emotional state, they go ahead and said, you know what? Here's a medication to help you out. Here you go. Here's a prescription to help you out. And I realized that's not necessarily helping the root cause, which could be me reframing my mindset, which could be me developing another perspective to the emotions I feel, or it could be me finding fucking purpose from what I've gone through, right. but they're not speaking to that. And they're just like, here you go. Here, here's your solution in a, in a bottle. Right, right. And now I'm looking at this world that we are in information age. We are exposed to as most information as possible. But yet we are dealing with the highest numbers of people who are dealing with depression. They're dealing with anxiety. Suicide rates are higher than ever. And it's yeah. like crazy. We, are, we have access to information, but we're not, we're literally are not observing it. I think, once again, I just think too many industries and companies are monetizing off of- Off of our suffering. Off of our trauma. Yeah. Off of our, yeah. off of our story, off yep. of our suffering, all yep. of that. Yep. Yeah. No. So that, I just I definitely want to- Definitely want to say that, but how do you feel in regards to society and ways kind of romanticizing yeah. mental health and romanticizing your industry, your yeah. profession? I, I will say, so I want to go back to your experience yeah, yeah, because that was, that, that's bullshit, <laughs> really. <laughs> like that's, that's bullshit that that therapist was only limited in that one sort of frame of, of thinking and work, which is why I needed to step out of that, right? I needed to step out and say like, I can't just look at the past. I can't just look at the mind, yeah. but you know, so when I, um, in 2017, when I decided, mm -hmm. you know what, I was going to go into private practice. I was going to do my own you. thing. Um, I didn't want to work for anybody. I was tired of agencies telling me what to do and how to do it and who to work with. Um, I decided I'm going to take this one year business course and 
this was going to be an accelerated sort of business course that was going to prepare me for the work that I was going to be doing. Mm-hmm. And, and we know this, right? We know funneling. We know, um, we know that we do have to have clickbait. Yep. Right, we know this. We know this marketing, all, market, all of that. Right, like some problems. of that has to yep. be there. Yep. But it didn't feel right in my soul. Yeah. <laughs> to be doing that with people who I knew were truly Hurt. suffering, were truly hurting, and I, I, I see that. I see that on my counterparts. I, um, I see that happen in the industry. I see how people capitalize on, especially right now, like especially right now. Yep. All of a sudden, people are talking about alley ship. All of a sudden, people are talking about, you know, racist, um, uh, racial trauma. All yep. of a sudden, people are talking about all these things. And while it's great, we should be having these conversations. I'm also looking at your intentions and looking at, looking at like, where are you coming from with, mm-hmm. with all of this? Is it for your gain? Yep. Or is it for the, the actual people who are going to, who are going to benefit from this? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I do, I do think that we... We romanticize it. You know, depression and anxiety can be sexy sometimes. Um, You know, it's sexy to sit, you know, to go on a one-on-one date with somebody, right? And you tell me, yeah, I've worked on my trauma. I got depression. (laughs) You know, and and then you're like, okay, so tell me what you've done. Tell me what the work has looked like. And they're like, yeah, you know what I mean? And it's like, you're not saying anything. So really, it's just stuff that we keep hearing and we're parodying and just putting out there. Because it's romantic. It's sad right now. And like you said, it's not only romantic, it's super trendy. Yeah, it's it, trendy, it, right? It's like you said, it's clickbait, it's trendy, it's all of those things. But I, I, I want to take it a little left, right? What is the difference between a psychotherapist mm-hmm. and like regular therapy? I, I personally don't know the difference. I, I'm dying yeah, to yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Psychotherapy is the same as therapy. Oh, so, it's the same exact Yeah, it's thing. the same exact thing. Mental health counseling, therapy. Uh, you know, you can use those terms, you know, simultaneously, um, interchangeably. It's the same thing. The difference between the holistic, perhaps like holistic yeah. psychotherapy and like a regular mm-hmm. psychotherapist is that like I personally and professionally, I like to mix in different modalities. Yeah. So that means I'm mixing in Reiki, you know, we're doing the body, the body, the energy work. Yep. That means I might be bringing crystals and we're doing crystal therapy. That means we might be doing um, a meditation that day. It means that we might be doing body scan. It means mm-hmm. really what it is, is I'm looking at every part of you. I can't sit here and talk with you about your relationship and how difficult it is right now without asking you, how are you sleeping? How are you eating? Mm. Are you moving your body? Um, what does your lifestyle look like? How do you manage stress? And then we can get to the deep shit. We can talk about your past. We can talk about your history. We can talk about all of that. But I need to know, how are you functioning? Like, how are you doing day to day? You're going into, which I love in certain levels of emotional intelligence and coaching, you're speaking a lot about habit. Habits, yep, yep. What's your day-to-day routine? What's your lifestyle like? How are you right, living? Like, right. like, how has this affected? How have you n- normalized? Right. S- your dysfunction in ways. Yeah. How are you functioning with your dysfunction? There we go. That, that's the bar yeah, I was looking yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How are we functioning with, within your dysfunction? And you're asking all, you're breaking it down with all these key questions. I love that. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Because it doesn't make sense. Like we can right. sit here. And we, I mean, we, we will go to history because I love, I love insight work. 
Like I love digging. I yeah. think it's it's my personality. I'm a digger. You're I love digger. to like dig deep. Get as deep as yeah. possible, right? <laughs> to to dig deep and figure out like how do we get here in the first place? I like it. But how do you why are you still sustaining that? Why are you still sustaining that? No, that's good. I want to ask another question. I always want to ask a mental health therapist with this particular question. Specifically for black and brown communities, obviously we know we've been dealing with a level of trauma since slavery, even probably before, obviously, things to that capacity. But I do think that there's a level of um, obstacles that black and brown communities face because of spirituality mm. and, and how, it, how, it um, how it has been stripped from us all the, way, all the way back from slavery and a lot of individuals claim their identity through spirituality. Yeah. How do you use spirituality in terms of um, therapy or holistic therapy? Do you use that at all? Do you even touch that at all? Or has traditional practices even brought in uh, spirituality? My training didn't teach me that. Didn't think so. No, my training didn't, didn't teach me that. And I went to Simmons and it might have changed now at, at this yep. point. It, it might have changed in terms of their um, curriculum. And, but I wasn't taught that. So I use my own personal experience, my own spiritual awakening journey mm -hmm. to sort of guide that. Um, I use my own um, history with church hurt, my own history with, um, you know. Own history with church hurt. That, <laughs> that, that's a conversation right there. All right, my own history. Um, I bring in, we talk about ancestry a lot. We talk about mm -hmm. intergenerational trauma a lot. We talk about how certain things are carried in the DNA. There's such a thing as post-traumatic slave syndrome. Yeah. That yep. we still carry in our DNA from our ancestors' experience. So you believe people right now in our communities are still carrying around some of the hurt and trauma from, from Oh, absolutely. Their absolutely. It gets passed down. Women, in fact, um, we're always carrying the egg of the woman be before us. Hold on, hold on. Run that back. So with women, okay. we are carrying the egg. Our grandmother is carrying our egg, me, right? Her, her child's egg and her child's child's egg in her. And so we always have a piece of our ancestry with us, like physically. In DNA, it's in us. It's embedded that just, like, in us. That blew my mind right there. <laughs> like, I never knew that. Like, that just blew my mind. So if you think about it, if my grandmother, we'll use me as an example, right? Because I, I'm super transparent in that way. So <clears throat> grandmother's Cape Verdean from Cabo Verde. I just learned this the other day. I'm not, I don't know if I'm too proud about this, but I'm more Portuguese than I am. <laughs> African. <laughs> I'm not happy about this. I didn't want to be a colonizer, but <laughs> my grandmother, her mother was from Madeira, which is this uh, country that was colonized. It's near Cape Verde. It's off the west, it's off the west coast of Africa, okay. um, but it's a Portuguese colonized country. Her mother um, was living there, came to Cape Verde, had my grandmother, and then had to leave. That created stories of abandonment, right? Like my yep, grandmother's yep. mother left her. Yep. Now my grandmother's being raised by other folks in the village. Mm -hmm. um, she then has children. She had 12 pregnancies. Only seven are, were alive. My mother passed away at this point. She only has five children alive. Um, those children, her kids, have, have, have carried some of her stuff. Wow. Right? Yeah. So my mother struggled with, with abandonment. While I never had this conversation with her, I can go back and make it and put, you know, make yeah, inferences, make pieces, pieces together. together. She struggled with abandonment. Yeah. So what she did was she, she sought that in men. 
And so she got involved with the married men yeah. and then ha- had me. I'm a product of that. Mm-hmm. And then I struggled with that even in my own life. I went after all kinds of unavailable men. Yeah. Right? Because of this one story of abandonment that got passed down, mm-hmm. right, from my yeah. grandmother to her daughter and then to me. So I had to go back and say, why the fuck do I keep going after yeah. these fucking men who don't have time for me? Don't want me. Yeah. I'm putting myself out there. I'm coming off as needy. Yep. They're, they're like, I, I can't do this. Like, she has, you know. And it's all because I needed to go back and figure out, how did I get here? Why do I have this story as well? And then my mother passed away, right? So then I had that story of abandonment as well. Does so, that make sense as far oh, as, make, like, how we're perfect. always carrying yeah, something? Yeah, it's like from, generational curses. It makes perfect sense. Yep, yep. Right? So with your own healing, with your own journey, with your own process of healing, how did you go back? Did you get a chance to talk to your grandmother or your mother in regards to these stories? Or did you have to do this uh, more on your own and not be able to have these levels of conversations with them? Some I did on my own. And then some I did ask like family and I asked my grandmother and people who knew my mother to tell me stories about her. Um, So the reason why I'm asking this specific question, let me be very honest. I, um, I do a lot of coaching. I do a lot of personal sessions with individuals who are in the system, prisons, things to that capacity, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. People are out, kids, things like that. And I realize a lot of times they are so hurt in life because they can't get an apology from their mom or their dad and their mom and dad is dead, right? Their mom and dad is dead. So the abuse that they face from their parents or the abandonment that they face from the parents, they can't get that. Why did, why did you leave me? And they just living within that feeling of, shit, no one loved me. Yeah. Damn, no one loved me. So their outlet, unfortunately, we are not teach proper outlets in life. You know, specifically men, you know, sex, violence, drugs is usually our outlets, right? Mm-hmm. So we're not taught certain outlets. So now they're strung out, whether it's in the prison system or they're strung on drugs because they don't know how to deal or maneuver how to f- find their purpose within their story. So that's yeah. why I'm asking you this question. I yeah. just want to kind of give a little background yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're locked as children sometimes. We all mm. have this like inner child in us that's still Facts. looking for, for warmth, for acceptance, for loving, for all of that, right? Yeah. For, we all have that inner kid We in all us. have that inner kid. And sometimes what happens is we don't realize that when someone just pissed you off and you've responded in that way, that might have not been the adult you. That might have been the inner child you who that, whatever that need is, that unmet need, that trigger came yeah. up against that. Yeah. And so we're still... We're still walking around saying, well, I deserve this and I deserve Facts. that. And yep. I need to get this from that person. Not realizing, like, you can give it to yourself. Okay. You don't, you don't have to keep waiting on that. Okay. You, you're keeping yourself in your own sort of prison, you know, prison by waiting on this thing that might not ever come. Shit's crazy. Shit's crazy. So what, what is some of the best advice you could give somebody who's, who's going through some emotional issues or who have dealt with a level of trauma throughout 10 15, 20 years, specifically in black and brown communities. And I can imagine, I know isolation could trigger a lot of trauma, right? A lot mm-hmm. isolation could trigger a lot especially of depression. Now, yeah. Especially now. What advice would you give to someone dealing in that particular circumstances right now? You know, I think part of the problem is that some of us aren't even recognizing Awareness. that like we're right, that we're in that space. We we normalize certain things. We normalize struggle. We normalize hustle. We normalize stress. We normalize not a lot of things. What- not sleep, team, no sleep. I used to hate, hate that. It. 
<laughs> like team no sleep. Like what the fuck? You should be sleeping. I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> Yo, I used to. Tr- right. <laughs> I used to try that shit until I fell asleep. It overslept certain meetings. Right? <laughs> try to sleep two hours You're a day. Like, I don't know stupid. if this is working out. No, no, that shit doesn't work. For me. Um, <laughs> I, I think it, it starts by by awareness, awareness, by by looking at your life and and really asking yourself: Am I showing up in ways that are healthy for me? Am I Facts. showing up in ways that um are supporting me? Um, you know, looking at it, it helps to sort of also look at your surroundings and your environment. Right. Are people saying the same shit about you? <laughs> are people saying the same assessment right there, yo? Right. Um, are you having the same problem over and over and over again? Like you're running late to everything, yep. you're forgetting your meals, you're um you're not responding to people, you're not calling people back, you're not showing yep. up at family functions, like something's going on. You need to tap in and figure out like what is that about? So with the awareness piece, so you you would suggest then, honestly, asking your closest friends in ways, so your closest family members and friends to see if there's some um, some of your characteristic flaws and also strengths. Would you suggest that? I don't know. Ooh. Right? Because you might have some people who, who have beef with that part of you, right? And the way that they might deliver it to you might not necessarily be in the ways that you need it. It, it, you know what I mean? Like in a, in a safe kind of way for you to take it. it. Not every horse's mouth is reliable. Oh, shit. You know, so Quotable. you, <laughs> you, you want to make sure that it's coming from someone that you, you yeah. respect, that you know has your best interests at heart, that knows who's you. not attached to your own trauma. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like someone who's not trauma bonding with you. Um, trauma bonding. Oh, get into that. Trauma <laughs> bonding. I haven't heard that phrase, in, but it makes yeah. perfect sense. Yeah. See, and the reason why I say it makes sense is if you think about it, especially me growing up, a lot of my relationships were just bonded based off the trauma that we were experiencing. You're going through your shit. I'm going through my shit. We get up together. I I know there's a quote out there that says, you have friends for a reason, friends for a season, friends for a lifetime. And sometimes that reason is trauma-based. So it makes perfect sense. Absolutely, And not that they won't be helpful, right? Because they might Mm -hmm. be able to tell. If if you're trauma bonding, sometimes they can be like perfect mirrors for you, right? Where they they see the thing in you that they also see in themselves, but they'll project it onto you. Absolutely. And so... I, I do think it does help to ask people around you. Just be just be mindful of your sources. Be mindful of the horse's mouth. Be mindful of how it's delivered to you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it definitely helps to ask people around you because sometimes we have blind spots. You know, they'll see do. things that that we might not necessarily see or we saw, but we really don't want to label, name it, or accept it. Label. Okay. I like that. I like that. Just mm-hmm. for a small recap, mm. I mean, today today's episode has been amazing. I feel like we need a part two, three, and four. Yeah. So, <laughs> the, the shit's crazy. So with that being said, of course, our community is ro- romanticizing mental health. We're romanticizing the anxiety, the fears, the mental illness that a lot of us are facing. But I do believe a lot of that's being marketed by bigger systems that are trying to monetize off us. So to help debunk some of the bullshit that you might be facing, a, find a great therapist, maybe one that you could relate to, Vanessa, of course. Right, 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 Someone right, that right, has yeah. the experience, that can speak your language, that, can, that have lived through. I always say this, it's hard to provide solutions to a problem you never experienced or lived through, not, yep. just, not just something you read off a book. I think, yeah. I think that's a lot of bullshit right there. Yeah, I so agree with you. That's one, that's one huge thing. I love what you said. It's a lot of your relationships, are they trauma bonding? Huh? <laughs> are they mm-hmm. trauma bonding? I think that that's huge. And even if you are asking for assistance, for help, make sure it's coming from the right horse's mouth. 
Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Please tell the people what's the best way they can actually hit you up or reach you if they want to continue this conversation or or they want to seek your services. What's the best yeah, way? Yeah, sure. Um, so my um my website is www.holisticallyyou.com. Love it. Um, it is still I'm still in the works of launching it. I redesigned it recently. Um, but they can reach me by email, Vanessa at holisticallyyou.com and also on Instagram at holisticallyyouinc.com. Love it. Thank you. Thank you for today's No, episode. thanks for having me. Thank I, for dropping the, I could gems. talk about this forever. I love this. I love <laughs> this. And that was today's episode. Can't wait to see you guys next time. If you are hoping to connect with us, then check us out online at www.newshinestudios.com. Also subscribe at New Shine Studios or follow us at New Shine Studios. I'ma get it on my time.